Matthew. Uh, so we got a lot, and I mean a lot, uh, of feedback this past week um, on our uh, our opening bits. And one thing we get uh, feedback from, feedback, feedback about, is our opening bits being too visually uh, focused when we a lot many of our our massive audience I think Joe Rogan is maybe like twice our size you know somewhere in that area um, a lot of those those people are listeners and uh, I am guilty of um, sometimes having visual gags so this 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 week in moving forward I wanted to have an audible gag uh, so it's just kind of a recurring gag you'll hear throughout the podcast. It's kind of a bit, but it'll just be here, you know, until probably the next like 15 or 16 years, um, depending on the lifespan of my cats. But I did just get my cats uh, collars that have bells on them. So you'll be hearing them, no. you know, jittering about, no. jumping around. Uh, it's just a bit, though. Don't worry. I'll take them off as soon as the podcast is over. But uh I just thought that'd be, I thought our audio listeners would really appreciate that in our, our visual listeners and visual learners, visual viewers, um, would also appreciate that just for the, the, the nuanced comedy of that little jingle, you know, every you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes. I, I kind of want to like write something to detect the bell noise and replace it with a subtle Larry Herb. <laughs> Larry Herb. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually some other feedback we've been getting is that uh we don't have enough Larry Herb content. Bring back now, that the the, herb. now that the next gen is is revved up and ready to go and Larry Herb is right there behind the wheel commanding the biggest juggernaut gaming has ever seen in Xbox, uh I think we should bring back the Herb. But the other piece of feedback we've gotten is uh theme song. And this is the Motion Pixels podcast. I am your co-host, your lovely co-host, August Meyer. August, say hello. Hello. Joined this week by Matthew Rawlings. Matthew, say hello. Hello. And Matthew, my lovely co-host and I, this week are, of course, co-hosting the Motion Pixels podcast. And this week, Matthew Rawlings, my lovely co-host, uh, we plan to talk talk just we're just talking games we're just talking games uh and also movies um and also movies though i wouldn't it's kind of weird to consider this one that we're going to be talking about a movie um we watched the movie host uh on shutter really weird movie almost a short film uh it's really good really cool and uh real scary uh revving us up for the scary movie season coming up uh very excited about that we'll also be talking about among us um, which I have not played, um, but Matt has some ideas, uh, thoughts, uh, critiques, uh, criticisms, social commentary uh, about that that we'll get into. Um, what else are we talking about, Matt? Uh, we're also going to go over some of that Xbox versus PS5 drama situation, arms race, whatever you want to call it. That's A been Cold building War. Up. A Cold, Cold War. War. 
Yeah, because it actually finally just popped. Uh, we got the mm-hmm. Xbox prices, and we have the rumored PS5 prices. So I'm going to go over some of that, see who's the winner going in. And then also a little bit of a, a Watchmen teaser, because I've been watching that. And uh, not done, but we're going to talk about it just a little bit. Yeah, holy shit, bro. That show's so good. But uh, yeah, let's just jump right into it. Okay, actually, uh, yeah. can we jump into Watchmen teaser first? I really want um, to talk about it a little bit. Uh, before we do, I would like to complain. Uh, I would like to complain that I had this really funny, biting, uh, very contemporary visual opening bit that I had all planned. And it was struck down by Matt, who really is just ruling this podcast with an iron fist now, uh, saying that uh, some people listen to it and won't get it. Like, come on, come on. My visual bit was going to be comparing pictures from uh, like either apocalyptic movies or movies with like sepia tone and a lot of fog. Like uh, once upon a, what's upon a time in America, like that Western movie, it's all sepia tone and shit with the air that you're currently breathing over in uh, in Seattle. Yeah, it, of the sky it, over there. It actually looks like that. I looked out my window the other day and it was just yellow. Like, all right, cool. Uh, staying inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're living over there in the the good, the bad, and the ugly. Where the good is that you are joining us this week here on the motion po- motion pixels podcast uh the bad is that you're living in an apocalypse and the ugly is you yeah my mom always said i had a <laughs> face for podcasting <laughs> uh that's a new uh actually uh wikipedia write this down uh if you guys could go update our wikipedia entry and the wikipedia entry for famous moments in vernacular development uh a face for podcasting is the new a face for radio it really is. Yeah, I mean, we're both total, total, complete uggos. So, uh, <laughs> just lemons. We're really just a couple of lemons out here. Uh, so, you know, thank God we don't have face cams on. Holy smokes! But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about Watchmen, Matt. So, just as a disclaimer, I am enthusiastic about Watchmen because it is just this it's like a like a kitchen sink cookie you know they're those cookies that just have like everything it has like pretzels and chocolate and like toffee and shit and it's just like everything that you want to throw in it's just Watchmen is so full of stuff that I love that it's just it's it's wonderful absolutely wonderful to me and amazing to me um, because I am just a lifelong fan of Watchmen. Like ever since I was reading comic books when I was a kid, I found Watchmen at some point, read it like a million times, was obsessed with it. And then the movie came out and I, I already was this like testosterone filled, uh, awkward teen who loved Zack Snyder movies. And Watchmen came out directed by him and it's all hella Zack Snyder slow-mo punching dudes and stuff. But it's also like almost like a frame for frame uh, adaptation of the comic book uh, to some degree. Um, but I like went to the midnight showing dressed as Rorschach and a dude asked me to like take his like his friend took his picture of him like while I was uh, slamming him against a wall <laughs> as if I were, you know, like interrogating him as Rorschach. Uh, I 
put charcoal around my eyes to like blend in with the mask like he does in the in the the book and movie and that charcoal just like didn't come off my eyes for like several days because i couldn't figure out how to get it off so <laughs> that whole weekend i was just walking around like a uh, like a ghost or whatever and uh basically i love watchmen and uh the uh the show is showrun by damon lindelof who also ran uh, was the showrunner for uh the leftovers which i think is just an incredible show he was a showrunner on lost which you and i both i know um love both of those and um regina king is also like the star of it and she was incredible in the leftovers and i'm a big fan of hers and man it's just so many so many things i love and it also like starts with uh like crazy historical fiction that highlighted a part of american history that i had never learned about that is just insane this like domestic attack you know the the tulsa massacre that was like one of the craziest scenes i've ever seen and uh man i just watchmen's real good watchmen's very very good and i'm glad you finally watched it yeah can i give you a disclaimer yeah I'm like none of those things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you like you like Lost. I know I did like Lost. Yeah, no, the stuff you said like leftovers, great. Everybody should watch that. Still, still holds up. It's not Absolutely. even that old, especially um, now. Now that we're living in yeah, times. especially now. Um, and then yeah, Lost, but like never been a huge fan of Watchmen. Like I like the movie, never read the book uh, or the, read the comic, whatever it is, um, and never really had a real affinity for it i guess but you told me to watch it when it was airing what like last november Mm -hmm. um and i have a hbo max subscription now so i decided you know what better time and dude just dude (laughs) one word (laughs) to describe this show is just style dude it is just dripping with style like everything about it dude like every every aspect of it is just so stylized from like dude, how the characters not... look to the history to the sound like that techno beat that will play like oh, it's so good it's so good it's like and it's not just that it's like visually saturated in like style like a like a wes anderson movie or something it's the fact that it like packs such a like just pack such a punch to you at watching it as an American. Uh, it just really, it really hits home. I think, I think it's, 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 it's a very affecting show and its style has a lot, has a lot to do with that, with showing how, how crazy it's subject matter. It's subject matter is it's, it's quite good. <laughs> it's quite yeah. good. Also and, like and all the characters too, dude, like I feel that, like <laughs> two of the two of the main characters it. they they added were are like almost better mm-hmm. than the ones in the original movie i feel well, dude dude that's the thing okay the the reason why to me watchmen the show is just as good as the the book is because it's like a sequel it's like a sequel that like feels right it feels like they really honored the original source material and built on it so it's almost better than the than the original because it completely gets what watchmen is this like dismantling of superheroes and uh this like punch of reality and it just it, it's the 2020 version of that like it's it's almost like an adaptation of the original watchmen but like 
for the things that people are talking about and really care about today. Yeah. And it's so good. <laughs> Dude. And so many squids, you know, not enough shows yeah, of so squids. squids. <laughs> yeah. That was the weird part. That's the, they, that wasn't in the movie, right? I don't remember that. Like, okay, Matt, Matt. Okay. We're going to get into it a little bit. You know, folks, this is supposed to be a teaser, but you know, we are, this is like a Slurpee right now. This is not an appetizer. This is, <laughs> this is just pure Slurpee. Um, yeah. So Matt, the squids to me are a, an argument for why Watchmen, the show is better than Watchmen, the movie, which is a very divisive movie. A lot of people really don't like it, including people who are big fans of the book. Um, I am not one of those people. I think it's an incredible adaptation. But if you remember, Matthew, at the end of what happens at the end of Watchmen, do you remember what the conclusion of the movie is? No, not really. I don't remember right. the big thing that shows up in this show, though. All right. All right. Yeah. So, Matt, the, the big thing that shows up in Watchmen uh, that we'll, we're going to spoil here because you should you should. Is that OK to spoil the, this big reveal? What do you think? The reveal in the show or in the movie? The 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 literally large reveal in the show. Do you, are you okay with spoiling that? Um, I don't know what you're talking about, and I don't know if I've seen it yet. So no. Okay, you you have. You've told me you have, but in out of respect, I will not. But I will say that the one thing that the Watchmen show does that the movie did honestly didn't have the ambition to do because when the movie came out. Uh, people were talking about how are they going to film this? How are they going to film this scene? Like there's, there's one scene in the book that it happens towards the end that uh, is just a very large event uh, that happens like physically a large event that happens. And it's also very, uh, it's extremely bizarre visually. Um, and people were wondering how that would work in movie form. And Zack Snyder, the director, came out and said that they just didn't think it could be taken seriously in uh, a movie. It's it's extreme. It's very outlandish. This thing that I'm talking about, this big uh, kind of something that happens at the very end of the book, uh, and the Watchmen show shows it. They uh, they they take this thing that happened in the book, this event that happened in the book, and show it on screen in Watchmen the show and it works and it's dope and it's not goofy at all. And that I think speaks to the caliber of show we're talking about that they, they did something better than the movie and like truly adapted something from the book that people were skeptical could be, could work in a, in a movie or show. And uh, man, the show rules. Yeah. I, I can't wait to finish the, the last two episodes. Yeah, you've definitely seen it, this thing that I'm talking about. I know okay. that you've seen it. Uh, it's something that happens with Looking Glass. One of the coolest characters in like any show recently is like the, uh, he's this, like paranoid dude who has a bunker, like an apocalypse bunker in his backyard, who is like a forensic psychologist kind of guy who is a masked superhero working for the police who brings people into this like, like augmented reality uh like amusement park ride almost that like helps him like read their minds right is that a good descriptor of looking glass man yeah yeah he, yeah it's so dope one of the yeah him sister knight better than some of the original people in the watchmen book absolutely absolutely yeah. oh my god sister knight dude and sister knight's origin story 
It's all man. Yeah, it's just so oh good. Sis- Sister Knight <laughs> is played by Regina King. She's like a nun. She dresses up. She's this black woman who dresses up as a nun and beats the shit out of people. She's like Batman, but a nun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then Looking Glass, uh, he wears this uh, reflective rubber, uh, or like ref- yeah, like reflective rubber uh, mask that covers his entire like his entire skull, and it's like a mirror. And I think that was all done with CG. I don't think that's like a real material that exists because uh, it's really freaky to look at. Like it looks like. It looks like it's out of a horror movie, honestly. Looking Glass's outfit. Yeah. It's like really spooky. I love oh, that man. actor too. Yeah, Tim Blake Nelson from uh, of uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? A uh, friend of the podcast, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And Buster Scruggs <laughs> himself. Yeah, literally the man, the myth, the legend, Buster Scruggs. Uh, <laughs> another friend of the podcast, Buster. Um, yeah, Tim Blake Nelson is a world-class actor. Um, he's only in the best things, like name a bad movie that Tim Blake Nelson is in. Uh, you know, actually join us on Discord, the Motion Pixels Discord, go to the corrections channel and tell us we fucked up and Tim Blake Nelson was in some dog shit that we need to hear about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I always forget to plug the Motion Pixels Discord. So there you go. Um, Shout out to my dad who's in the Discord. Um, But yeah, man, uh, Watchmen fucking rips. It's so good. The guy who plays... uh, I. I don't know his last name, but his, his first name is Yaya. Uh, his last name starts with an A. Um, who plays Regina uh, Regina King's husband? Uh, super good, super yeah, good in Watchmen. I really like him too. Yeah, I'm I'm really pumped to see Candyman. Uh, that's another Jordan Peele uh, produced movie coming out at some point whenever movies come out. And uh, yeah, Watchmen the uh, the show absolutely filled with incredible characters, incredible characters that really honor. Watchmen and fit right in to that universe and uh it's just on another level man the writing in that show Damon Lindelof is so perfect for that because it brings with it so much of that uh like hopeless drama I would call like the leftovers this like what do people do when they are at the end like what do people really do in this long drawn out painful uh, like process that they're going through, whatever it may be in the leftovers, you know, it's 2% of the world's population just disappearing in, in Watchmen. It's racism and aliens or whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, man, Damon Lindelof was just absolutely the guy to take this through. Cause there's so much, it's just, it's like a show that begs to have a, 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 a like a Wikipedia chronicling every, every aspect of its universe. And what I love about, the universe in the Watchmen show is that it's this same kind of altered history that the, that the book had where like in the book, Richard Nixon was elected for like four terms in a row because with Dr. Manhattan's help, he uh, won the Vietnam war and like established absolute U S global dominance. Uh, Cause he had like the power of God on his side, literally with Dr. Manhattan and in uh, Watchmen, the show, Robert Redford, the actor, is is elected president and he is in his like third term i think so we're still working in that same universe and he passed reparations for descendants of slaves and it's this huge societal uh thing that people are grappling with and uh that's just such like a like a that just seems so so watchmen to me uh like that kind of altered history um well, where it's what's definitely 2020 it? but it's like this this version of 2020 
in that universe that just feels really, really real to me. Really cool. And what's cool about it is it doesn't like tell you that explicitly, you know? Exactly. It's just, they live in this world and it's like, oh, you look over there and you see this thing that explains the impacts of, it It just feels like that world has its own history that's not spoon fed to you. You ju- It's just everywhere. Yeah. The lore and that shows like, everywhere. And you have to piece it together. Like like literally mm-hmm. red formations. That's what they red, call it. Yeah. The Redford, Redford Mations, something like yeah. that. Redfordations. Or maybe that's like yeah, Redford a term. It's like Obamacare. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's uh, it's yeah. a parallel to Obamacare. But like the, like the first, it's in the first scene or I guess the second scene of the show. They mention that and you like, have to put it together and you kind of know what it means because it's like mm-hmm. Obamacare. Okay, I can kind of grasp what that is. And it's like, all right, red formations. I think I know what that is. And then you just kind of slowly get context about it throughout the show because it's not like super pivotal, but it's just like pivotal to the world they're in, you know? So yeah. like it will just come up naturally. Really cool. Really well <sighs> done. Really, really, Dude, really good world building. Lady True. That's all I'm going to say. Lady True, man. (laughs) Lady True hype. uh, What a good... Lady True, man. Ozymandias. The fact that they bring back so many characters from the original book, like Ozymandias, and he's exactly who you expect, where you expect Ozymandias to be in his life. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Kind of the logical conclusion of that character. It's so good, man. Ugh. Wow, it's just uh it's a well-made piece of content that you should consume. Yes. That would be my official. That's the podcast recommendation. Consume Sl- that content. Slurpy slurped. <laughs> yeah, slurp that slurpy. Uh yeah, does this get one slurp or two? Uh tell us in the comments. Um yeah, we should we should have a rating system. Uh like we should have a rating system for things that we talk about where we give things like, you know, like our, you know, like easy allies has their, uh, their point system. IGN has their point system. We should I have like a slurp that. system. Who? Easy allies. No, they didn't. They It's out of 10. I think they dropped it recently. No, I literally just watched the Tony huh. Hawks. That's another thing I wanted to talk about this week. Uh, edit that in Matt, just edit in, you know, if you could just splice in. So it sounds really natural that I say, I also wanted to talk about Tony Hawk. Because uh, Easy Eyes gave it a nine, and it deserves an eleven. Man, it's so good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah, great, great. But uh, yeah, man, they uh, they have their one through ten, boring, lame, been done before. We can have our how many slurps of that Slurpee would you take? If that if that content were a Slurpee, how many slurps would you consume? Of that one slurp all at once the worst brain freeze of all time but it would feel yeah. so good that's see that's what's lost in these uh you know you have one through ten that's not a lot of room for nuance there's a lot of ways to drink a slurpee a lot of nuance <laughs> 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 so uh i say slurp away with watchmen man it's worth the brain freeze all right we're going to move on to Xbox versus PS5 now. Otherwise, I bet we could fill another 30 minutes about Watchmen. All right, Matt. I'm just going to say literally two two more words. You can have two words, too, to close up this conversation. Any two words you want to use, you can use. My two words to close up the Watchmen conversation will be lube man. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a good way. 
I use okay, lube cool. man as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'd slurp lube. We would slurp lube man. Uh, moving on. Uh, yeah, Matt. So you want to talk about the price releases, the price leaks? I, I want to talk about this Cold War, dude. This Cold War that is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. It's been and unlike crazy. unlike Richard Nixon's America, neither side in this Cold War has God on their side. Yeah, I think there's a pretty clear winner though in my book imo you know i i i think so too i really think so. i i imagine we have the same conclusion all right let me hear you um, so first let's let's brief over this so uh matt correct me if i'm wrong but it appears as though we now know the price points for the xbox series s series x the S being the less powerful, slightly cheaper model, the X being the big beefy guy, and the um, both PlayStation models, the disc and discless uh, PlayStation 5s. The Series X will be $499, and the Series S for Microsoft will be $299, and the uh, PlayStation 5 without a disc driver will be... Um, Three ninety nine and rumored, 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 leaked uh, as of today or the other. Uh, we're, we're talking on the fifteenth of September, two thousand and twenty, year of our Lord, um, year of Doctor Manhattan here in Richard Nixon's America, and uh, it has been leaked that the PlayStation Five uh, discless version will be three ninety nine, and the PlayStation Five disc drive version. What do they call that? Is there an official name for that? It's version? just with optical. That's so lame, man. Yeah. That's so dumb. But uh, that version will be uh, $449. So the way this played out chronologically was pretty interesting, dear viewer, where, um, you know, it's September. And the fact that we're just now talking about uh, how much these devices that people are expected to want to buy um, over the holidays, uh, that's when these typically come out. Um we're just now finding out the price. Um, there's been this long drown out cold war that we'll get into, but uh, it, pe- it appears that Sony is undercutting Microsoft because Microsoft was the first to announce uh, last week. It was leaked. And then like a few hours later, the official Microsoft account on Twitter uh, posted that, uh, and verified that the leak was correct and then formally announced it. Um, and then Sony undercut uh, directly undercut by fifty bucks the uh, the Xbox uh, the Xbox Series X at at uh, four forty nine. So it's interesting, but the thing that I think for me is the most important part of any of these announcements that I haven't even mentioned yet is that the Xbox is also selling on a subscription model where you pay twenty five or thirty five dollars a month depending on the uh, getting the S or the X and uh, you just, you, you rent them, rent to own them like a, uh, you lease them at, not lease. It's like a, like a, like a, like an iPhone kind of plan where they give you the device, even if you haven't paid it off yet um, a payment plan. Um, and I think that's just, I think that's going to be how like 60% of people buy these, like 70% of people buy these um, because with how common streaming services are, uh, everyone has all these subscriptions already that like 25 bucks extra a month, like to get your kid a, like the brand new Xbox. Like, I think that's a no brainer. 
Uh, so in my opinion, it seems like Microsoft pricing wise is the way more attractive deal. Cause then you get access, like just implicitly with this $25 you're paying, you also get access to the cloud gaming. You get access to EA play all the EA games, all of Microsoft's games and their big backlog in uh, game pass. Now uh, it's pretty wild. Whereas with the PlayStation, I think as far as I correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me like you just buy the system for the full price and there's no other option. Yeah. I, I, that's what it is right now. Uh, they might come out with something big, but I doubt it will be able to compare with what uh, Microsoft's got put together now. Dude, it's just the level of value that you get for 25 bucks. Like I pay $8 a month or what is it? $4? I pay somewhere between 4 and $8 a month for Shudder right now. And I like it and I think it's worth it because I love bad horror movies. But uh, for like... $25 a month, you're telling me I can get like the brand new Xbox and like every game. What? That's just like, it's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think Microsoft really killed it. Like, I think Sony is just absolutely screwed here. They took absolutely this- screwed. No one's yeah. going to like in this economy right now, who even people who are, I don't know, even people who are more well off and especially people who are you know, hurting, uh, economically like 25 bucks a month versus almost 500 bucks, like 449. It's just insane. It's just a, it's a, it's a huge difference. Well, okay. Huge but difference. that year, that 25, you keep saying that's the S that's the real yeah. thing. It's 35 otherwise, which still is a great deal. That's still really cheap. But um, from my understanding, the S is like really powerful. I mean, the S is like really impressive. Yeah. The, uh, I don't know. I think, see, that that's kind of my issue with this. I think this is all going to end up biting Microsoft in the ass because I think there's part of this that they haven't announced yet where this is like essentially the end of, like they're, the Xbox One was the last traditional console release they're going to do. I think this new method is going to be like, kind of like phones, um, mm-hmm. but more extended where the Xbox series is going to iterate every couple years. And I wouldn't be surprised if at the, if you get the S, I mean, they'll probably push it to be a little bit longer, but I wouldn't be surprised if in two or three years, the S isn't supported for anything other than streaming. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they just completely move people off of that console. No, when, when have they done that ever? That That's what I'm saying. I, they haven't, but I think this is the new thing. Like, because the S... Is or so? Did you hear uh, anything about the developers that are getting cranky that the S is so much lower than the X? Not like no. in price, but in like performance. No, I've not. Yeah, a lot of developers are getting angry about it because, you know, when you, it's going to be interesting. It could end up kind of just being like I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be wild because like before when you would make a multi platform game, the PS4 and the Xbox One are pretty close, and even the generation before it was kind of like that too so it wasn't too hard to like you could set a baseline for whatever like the weaker of the two was and you'd be fine but now with the new microsoft approach they're kind of like forcing everybody's hand to be pc developers but at the same time they if they want to be on xbox they don't have the autonomy to dis um disclude weak hardware like a lot of PC games will come out and it's like, if your computer just isn't good enough, then you can't play it. And it sucks, but that's PC gaming. And for this, it's like, okay, so every new game that has to come out 
for the, you know, whatever bit in the future has to hit the Xbox S standard. And I don't think that's going to last very long. I, I think I could totally see in three years them just being like, yep, the S, um, if you want to stream, if you want to play newer games, you have to have an internet connection already because it's a digital console. You'll just have to stream them. I think that's the plan. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to get really angry about that. But by then, I think everybody's going to be uh, already in on that uh, platform. So, because like if you think about it, the whole the whole console strategy is Game Pass, which is on the back of XCloud. They're already which mm-hmm. is already out. You can already do that on your phone. I don't know how well it works compared to like Stadia, but I imagine their like long term plan is like this is it. You know, like gaming's going to be streaming, and they're already like setting the stage for it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so too. Um, and I, I don't think um, I don't. I think that the eventual obsoleteness, obsolation, whatever the term is, of the less powerful console um, will be not as drastic as people will um, people might think. Like Microsoft will eventually just slowly start out, st- uh, slowly phase out selling it and replace it with a similarly priced uh, new option that is, you know, probably more powerful than the, than the series X even. And it'll just be this continual cycle of you're going to be, it's going to be like a, uh, like iPhones, like iPhones from five, six years ago. Um, I, I think just can't run some new iPhone software, but for the most part they can. Um, and it's not a huge issue because people, People just buy new iPhones after a while. They, they're oh, really yeah, that, good at getting people to buy new ones, and I think Microsoft is banking on that. That yeah. your Xbox, your Xbox Series S, like you're saying, like you can buy it now, and for the next ten years, you'll be able to use it as a streaming box to stream, you know, 4K, 120 frames per second games or whatever they accomplish with uh, with XCloud. But you know, ten years from now, but um, you know, it's probably going to be wild, whatever. But um, they're just going to be really good in, you know, a few and maybe like three to four years at getting you to buy the, uh, the series S two or whatever they call it. Yeah. You know what I mean, well, yeah, I, bet, so I like, don't think it's, I don't think it's that big of a deal at all. I think that, I think people are already used to that. They're already used to dropping a ton of, you know, a freaking thousand dollars or just with a payment plan. Like Matt, if you think about it with, with his payment plan, if I'm paying $25 a month, always, then I'm not mad that I have to get rid of my Series S. I just swap it out for the new one. I, no, upgrade, I know. I get and that's out, what I free think, upgrade. That's what I think they're banking on, but that's drastically different than what we've been in. Like, you could have had your Xbox One for the past, what, eight, nine years, however mm-hmm. long that thing's been out, and played every game. Like, sure, it got shitty. Like, playing Red Dead when that came out on Xbox One wasn't the best experience. I wish I could have had a better one, but um, that's a thing you could do. But now, if you're going into, like, the phone approach, I'm just I'm just saying I can see a lot of people I think are going to be on board with it, especially with how they're like setting this up. But I can see a lot of people being a little miffed about that. Well, Matt, just think about think about what you just said, like this current generation, like the games that were coming out at the very beginning of the generation um, look good still. But I mean, look quite a bit better now. Games that come out now, I mean, um, and the Xbox One has been supported that entire time, even though there is the Xbox one X, which is just like ridiculously more powerful. Um, so, I mean, it's already kind of been done. So is it possible that these, 
concerns that developers are having are overblown because aren't we coming from a generation where a machine has lasted for like nine years and played literally everything released for Xbox? Yeah, but the nine years, the the, the mark after nine years of this is going to be the X, not the S. Like the S is going to have to go at some point before then, especially with like as Why? things keep progressing because it's the, it's, it's way lower than what the other, uh, box can do like the like playstation you know like if you're targeting for those two platforms and you have this kind of hardware that's holding everything back i'm just saying they're gonna drop it before uh before like uh they i don't even know i don't i personally don't think they're gonna do another like generation i think it's just gonna be iterative um but i wouldn't be surprised if the s stops getting supported before the ps6 or whatever comes next for them yeah yeah i guess we'll see but um, like I said, there's they have these mechanisms in place with the nature of the subscription model that they're really pushing, where it's like they're trying to soften that blow as much as possible already. Oh yeah, and, and it's it's so aggressively priced. It's three hundred bucks. Like that's a that's a oh, lot yeah. of money that like four years from now, I feel like a lot of people would would pretty confidently say they got four hundred or three hundred dollars worth of value if you play it all the time in four well, years. I mean that's. It's pretty decent. Well, what's crazy is that's a Switch. <laughs> you know, you're buying a you're buying an Xbox for the price of a Switch. That's that's nuts. Yeah. That's and like I like I know I'm like kind of talking shit about the S, but I think the S is actually like the killer thing because it instead of having this console generation where like people can only like the PS5, it's pretty much one price, like one's fifty dollars more, but that's not mm-hmm. too much when you get up to what it is. And it's like, that's a huge barrier to entry. And then even if you just look at Xbox's like console prices alone, like ignoring the payment plan, which I think is like the real killer thing, like 300, that's great. Especially if you just want to play like Halo, that's awesome. Yeah. And then the subscription service is like even wilder because it's like, all right, cool. I can scrape 25, $35 together every month. I think a lot of people will. Or or I can scrape $25 a month and see if I really like it. And then if I like really like this, I can scrape together another 10 bucks to upgrade my experience. Yeah. And you get all the games. All ev- literally every game yeah. that Microsoft comes out with. Sony's not doing that. You're paying you're paying $449 and you maybe save the 50 bucks uh you know, if you don't if you were not to get the uh the Series X, but your Series X you're also going to have Game Pass and you don't need to use that $50 that you would save on, on games because then, you know, Halo is going to be there. Halo is going to be on game pass already. You don't need to, I mean, you're not buying games. Yeah. It's, it's weird, dude. I'm, it's kind of sad in a way, like game pass is great, but I'm kind of, kind of miss. It's like the transition from physical to digital for me. Like I still buy physical when I can for like my switch. That's my only console, but I, you know, obviously buy digital for PC cause that's the only option. But, yeah. uh, I was looking at it like over this past year and a half, if I had just had an, a Game Pass subscription the entire time, I would have saved so much money on games I bought that just were on Game Pass. That I didn't realize it. Like even the Red Dead 2, GTA wait, 5. I mean, Red Dead 2 wasn't on there at launch. I don't even it, think that was a thing yet. Yes, um, it, yes it was. I mean, it wasn't at, not at launch, but uh, not too long after. It was uh, very game- recently on on uh, game okay Pass. that's not what i was talking about though i was more talking about like i don't think i like i mean for pc because i don't play on xbox like 
I think the first when the PC one launched, like the first big game. Oh, I see. That came so you're out. Talking about, was, you're talking about Game Pass for PC, which is like has a slightly less large library than Game Pass for Xbox. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I, I think the offerings are bigger on the Xbox one. I'm not sure. But the PC Game Pass, even that is great. Like I bought Outer Worlds last year for 60 bucks and I was like, oh, cool. I could play this game for five bucks, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. same amount of time, five bucks. Uh, I could have just spent that on Game Pass, and I just done that with Crusader Kings. It's another sixty dollars I spent on a game. It's on Game Pass. Uh, there's another sixty dollar game I bought that's on Game Pass. I forgot what it was, but I saw it there also. And it's like okay, cool, hundred eighty bucks. It's five dollars a month. Yeah, I fucked up. <laughs> you know, I should have just been getting that for the past year. And uh, I don't know. It sucks. It's like I don't own the stuff anymore, but I guess it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. who cares? weird you know it definitely feels like the future and it feels like sony uh bless their hearts is uh really relying on their uh the brand power of their ip the trust because at launch there's really not that many for either console honestly there's really especially with rip uh bonus silence for halo infinite not coming out at launch but yeah the uh, neither console really has very strong uh launch titles so there, Sony seems to be banking on people knowing that Sony will eventually put out extremely good games that they'll have no problem dropping 60 bucks on, like Last of Us Part Two. You know, if they were to, like the next Naughty Dog game is going to be on PS5. And people, Sony's banking on people paying $449 now, picking up a launch title that, you know, might be very good, but there's not a ton of them. But knowing that down the line, there's going to be these, you know, big hitters, um, you know, Ghost of Tsushima 2 two ghosts to shima um people are looking forward to that or sony's banking on people looking forward to that where xbox is, it has a way less of that brand power for their uh first party uh franchises first party development teams but has made investments in those um and is uh certainly at least going to be putting out like shitty like the the game equivalent of shitty but entertaining netflix movies i think i think most people would agree that uh xbox or microsoft can be relied upon that all of you know they've just recently acquired all of these uh pretty well-known studios uh under the xbox game studios umbrella to release all of their games on game pass like double fine ninja theory studios like that and um those aren't, there's all, those are, may not be like games of the generation. Maybe they are, maybe not, but they're at least going to be okay. They're at least going to be like, you know, like, uh, the old guard on Netflix, that's dumb. Charlie's their own action movie. Like I had a good time watching it, but like, is it an Oscar contender? No. Um, see, I don't even think it's going to be like that. I think it's going to be like a lot of, like a good example of this, of a game that just exploded. And I think game pass was, uh, big reason or played a big reason is like crusader kings yeah. like that studio like they they release a lot of these grand strategy games and i think crusader kings 2 like it obviously did well enough that they put out three but three has had reception and like attention that it never had ever before and i think it's because no, people dude. can like try it you know it, like it, it's a map game and they're scary and a lot of people don't want to like look into that but when you play it you realize it's really neat and there's a lot of cool things, but like to drop $60 on that is like a huge barrier to entry, but 
you know, Game Pass. Just download it, try it, and then you you're hooked. I think you're yeah, going to see a lot of that, like a lot of good games that people were afraid to jump into before are going to get a lot of attention. Yeah, because the, the the barrier to entry is uh, 25 bucks a month. So, you know, it's already or there. Or just, you can just install it. 10. For Game Pass? Oh, is that how Game Pass, how much Game Pass is without any of the yeah. bells or whistles? Yeah, and that's what's great Not about cool. it. It's like, I don't even care about what Xbox is doing with the consoles because like the real killer thing is Game Pass because and it's dude, on PC too. I imagine the eventual goal of xCloud, if it's not already, I don't think it is already, is to have parity with its library to uh, Game Pass. Uh, someone someone correct me on that. But um, I mean, if I every game on is. if every game on Game Pass is xCloud compatible, then like you can have a freaking iPad. You know, I know there's like weird issues right now where like the Apple the Apple App Store won't allow xCloud because each game isn't individually listed on its uh, app store. It's so weird, but I imagine eventually that'll probably get figured out. But right now, you know, on your Android tablet, Android phone, or just like whatever laptop, you can just play any game without buying hardware. And as long as you have a decent internet connection, you can just like, you can boot up Cyberpunk 2077 on your $200 netbook, you know, I guess in theory. Yeah, I'm still not super sold on that. I'm just more excited. It's like, no, I'm just saying like there the option already exists. Like, let's assume and correct me if I'm wrong, but let's assume that XCloud is just Game Pass in the cloud, one to one. Like any game that gets added to it, you can play on anything, and it you know should perform okay. So you don't need to buy a box. You don't even need to have a nice gaming computer. You can just play oh, I know. Everything. I mean, we already have that though. That's like Stadia, and I'm I'm just. I don't know. No, but Stadia, no, 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 no. It's not like Stadia because Stadia doesn't have every game and you're paying individually for every game where with xCloud, you just like, you already have it. You're just well, playing whatever Well, I mean, game. that's not exactly how it works. Not every game coming out on Xbox is going to be free. Like Cyberpunk is still going to be 60. I don't think that's coming with Game Pass. Uh, I don't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if down the road. Uh, oh, you're talking very down large the road? Chunk. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Okay. I, I'm, I'm just talking, talking big picture here. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if down the road a ton of uh, major games are just on Game Pass. Just like right now, a ton of major movies are on streaming. Um, you know, I don't know. Like I Netflix. think people are going to get greedy. I think we're going to have the Disney Plus and Hulu and all that shit popping up. Yeah, but that's different than like Universal, like not Universal, but some distribution company being like, imagine if there was like a uh, distribution company like Universal Studios or like uh, Disney that didn't have a streaming service and was just like, we only sell, we only distribute our movies on Blu-ray. Like, sorry, you can't stream them. That just wouldn't work. So I'm saying like, if Game Pass has that effect on the games market, where it just doesn't make sense to release physical media anymore, because so many people are just doing streaming, then their kind their hand is kind of forced. Like, oh, I think that's coming next, regardless, man. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So like the well, fact that Sony doesn't even, have Well, you don't need to do streaming. You can just download it. Like that's why I think it's largely coming. I don't think streaming's going to be the huge revolution that I don't think it's going to be huge for like another like 5 years maybe. But that's I mean that's kind of what we're talking is we're kind of talking about Microsoft's vision being like we're just creating a platform that's that can grow 
it's not going to have another iteration. There's not going to be another generation of Xboxes. There will just be, uh, there will just be these in-between stages. These, you know, the iPhone one, two, three, four, five, six, oh, seven, yeah. eight, up to twelve. These uh, smaller iterations in between. Yeah, I think every game already can be streamed on XCloud. I think some just you have to own it or have Game Pass. I think that's already how it is. Yeah, so I, I just see that being really big, and I know Sony does have a game a game streaming yeah, service but i heard it's shitty it's just They're i heard it's kind of jank and the library's not the best yeah i mean especially it's weird because like that was how they were doing all their old games they're like oh hey look you can play this on your ps4 if you play on ps now it's like that doesn't count like red yeah. dead i think that's how they've said they brought red dead to pc and it was like oh it's because it's on playstation now okay cool yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> fucking awesome yeah, like I'll I'll get back to you on that, uh, Sony. Yeah, but I mean, dude, it's gonna be spice. I it really has me rethinking if I'm gonna buy a PS5 at launch. I don't think I am now. Yeah, right. Me too, man. Me too. Um, I mean, I probably will because I just like having the new thing, yeah. whatever. But uh, it's definitely making me think about it a little more. Yeah, I kind of just want to like take the money I was going to spend on a PS5 and buy a 3070. Oh, yeah, those were announced. Those seem pretty cool. Yeah, dude. And the graphic. Yeah. And like AMD's announcing some cards like next month, too. It's a it's a good time to be a gamer, dude. A good time. Yeah, that's a that is that is something to be said. That is something to be said. It's a good time to be a gamer. Um, Probably the best time ever. Except when Ty the Tasmanian Tiger came out, uh, the sequel, Ty the Tasmanian Tiger 2 came out on GameCube. I was I was really excited about that. That was also a good time. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think we've, we've squeezed uh, I think we've we've squeezed as much fresh lime as we can into this slurpy of content that is the uh, the console Cold War, uh, <laughs> this the CC dub, as I call it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd slurp it. I'd slurp either of them, man. Like probably not Sony immediately, but, uh, I'd, I'd take a sip of Sony and I would, I'd take like a real, a tiny little sip of Xbox, but over the course of like 10 years, like Wait, I would stick are you with getting that slurpy for a while. Mm, no, probably not. Okay. Yeah. I was um, going to say like your PC, like that's, that is your Xbox, <laughs> you know? Um, but- honestly, honestly, if my little brother who does not have a PC starts playing some game a lot that is only on Xbox, which I don't no, know why it wouldn't have crossplay. No, but a lot of games don't have crossplay with PC and Xbox. Not all of them do. That's the and thing I'm, they're doing though. What? That, that that next generation, like every PC's lumped in. That's what's cool. That that's what's I'll believe awesome. it. I'll believe that when I see it. I'll believe crossplay on literally everything it's happening when I see dude it. it's already like that's a lot of old games are retrofitting now like destiny 2 that's the update next year Crossplay update gonna like be, i said gonna be hype i'll believe it when i see it so i'm not ruling out buying an xbox but i will certainly continue my game pass subscription that i think i honestly i think i have a game pass subscription that has like another like year plus on it because they had some deal where you could like grandfather in like several years worth of uh xbox live you could, you would pay like a dollar to convert your Xbox Live uh, uh, balance, like how many months you had, into Game Pass without paying like that full price. So I bought like two years and then just paid a dollar 
and that saved me if I were to, you know, use the heck out of Game Pass for those two years, that would save me. I don't know, it saves like $250 or something crazy like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I already have it. I will continue to have it is, is my verdict. Uh, Game Pass seems like a safe bet. All right. You want to move on to Among Us? Yeah, we've slurped that. Um, slurp? Podcast. Uh, the official podcast take is that's a slurp from us, dog. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, before we talk about Among Us, I want to kind of switch over to uh, movies because... I do want to talk about Among Us, but I, I want to make sure we get to talking about Host. Uh, Host was really dope, dude. Yeah, I really liked Host. Do you want to do you want to give the overview for our, uh, our our people out there in podcast land who have, don't are not aware of Host? Sure, it's a, a movie set at the uh, I believe it's at the canonical start of the Motion Pixels podcast. Um, I think that's when it takes place or maybe roughly like a couple episodes in, um, same universe. Yeah. I, it's sometime early pandemic. Uh, I don't know. Probably we started right before the pandemic. That is true. We did. I remember having some conversations about it outside of my Mm -hmm. once office. Um, yeah. So it takes place. It probably just takes place when it released like July this year. Um, there's a couple friends. They're having a a group video chat every week to stay in touch since they're supposed to be socially distancing. Uh, a lot of Brits, so you get that accent, which was like kind of rough at the beginning. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't even notice that. Oh, really? There's like one British accent that just drives me mad, and that the the worst character had it. Um, uh, that Gemma. Literally the oh, worst dude, person she alive. She yeah. sucked. And she had the worst accent and it made me want to, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, they're all talking and having a video chat. And I guess one girl, <laughs> it sounds kind of dumb. <laughs> she hired a uh, uh, a person to do a seance over a video a call. A medi- yeah, she hired a medium to do a seance for her and her friends over their weekly video call. Um and uh shit gets uh spooky real quick yeah um it's uh very scary it's kind of like a like a like a very 2020 version of paranormal activity like there is there is a demon in the house and you are experiencing the terror of that through the lens of rather than security camera footage or whatever is in the paranormal activities movies you're seeing it via a literal screen capped zoom call the entire movie takes place in zoom to the point where like you could start playing this movie to someone and they would just think you're screen sharing yeah and it does a really good job with it too it even like it's nice that they kept the authenticity but it's also really annoying that they like kept the quirks of zoom calls like Mm -hmm. that when that one girl she's on her phone and her laptop and it's doing that echoing like the two are reverberating off each other um yeah they have little feedback yeah the feedback yeah they just they have a bunch of things like that of uh people having issues (laughs) with their their equipment um yeah it 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 does it's a really good job i don't know how much you can say without like spoiling much but i thought the shots were very i don't know thoughtful is the right word yeah but no it's 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 
I found them really thoughtful in that, like, they figured out how to mi- not make it look hokey. Like, yeah. it doesn't look like a movie. It really feels like you're just watching this happen in a really well edited, like eighty percent. Like you're seeing what needs to, you're seeing what needs to happen most of the time. Yeah, but it's like eighty percent of the time it feels like genuine, and then the other twenty percent, it's like, why would anybody hold? Yeah, their laptop like that, right? Like, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like, how is she even climbing into an attic with a laptop facing the other way? No, that so was that her friend. That can was see. her phone, and she put it on a uh, selfie stick. I thought that was like a pretty good one. Like, oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. When no, she looks that, that in the was, attic, it's because she doesn't like. And see, that's one of the really good thoughtful shots because, like, in there's this part where she hears something spooky upstairs and is gonna go check it out, and she's alone and doesn't want to you know be alone so she takes her phone with her which makes sense that's like a connection to other people so that's comforting um and when she's going up there she's like no i'm not doing it so she goes and gets a selfie stick and puts her phone on it and then just sticks it up there and looks around and it's like that is see that's clever that's really clever because then it can show you something that the character doesn't see so it's just like uh, oh dude there's so many great truly great scares in this movie that are only possible because of the perspective of the movie. Like you can't really give them away, but man, man, it's, this is not a movie where they were like, Hey, we should make a scary movie. And then the pandemic hit and then they still had to make it and figure out a way. This is a movie made for like the pandemic made this movie possible. Like it's, it's awesome. This is probably also the first major like, piece of fiction that addresses the pandemic and like is in that is in that world yeah and it doesn't feel shitty like it it doesn't feel like i saw <laughs> i saw a great uh tweet that was like like the first screenwriter who is in an interview and says i really feel like the covid pandemic the covid19 pandemic is a character in this film is getting punched in the face like i identify with that because it does feel like uh, that's a very easy thing to uh, to like cash in on. Like you can cash in on like everyone having this really shitty time. In a you can cash in on that pretty easily. But host does not make it feel cheap. Host doesn't feel like it's a cash in. Uh, it feels like it's taking advantage of it in a in a in a in a beautiful way. Like it's making the most of it. Yeah, and that's actually. I wonder if. This is off the topic of host, but I wonder if movies are going to start or like TV shows are going to have like a season where people are in masks. <laughs> like, like, is yeah, that right? something people are going to skip over or like, are we sticking with this? Like what, you know, like any show that's set in present day, like did the, in that universe, did coronavirus just not happen? Like, I yeah. don't know. There's definitely going to be some changes uh, to how things are uh, like, I don't know to like the, the media we're used to, it's just going to have to change. Um, but, uh, I mean, host gives me hope for that because this is telling me that people can find really, really creative. And, uh, I mean, really good uses of genres. I know I already like, like I already love horror and someone made a great horror movie over zoom, like during a pandemic. So that's telling me other people can probably do the same. You know, maybe we're going to have, uh, you know, the, the, the scary discord call, it's gonna it's gonna be the next you know really awesome horror Dude, movie the Who gamer knows? horror movie uh yeah you that know, reminds maybe there's me gonna, uh, 
<laughs> That's like something uh, one of the guys in our Discord had an idea of doing that uh, never took off. It was like what? Uh, it was the um, uh, what, what's it called? The uh, dating sim, the Discord coronavirus oh dating sim. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Okay, yeah. that was really cringy, but absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> because it was like it was a bunch of like friends making a you go into it go go into it go into it oh god are we talking (laughs) uh i don't even this could still happen you know people gamers around the world could still play this one day yeah i i don't know let's let's skip it let's just skip it this is somebody (laughs) else's idea i don't want to i don't want to ruin it too much you know (sighs) yeah it's a, a discord dating sim yeah. A Discord dating sim. It's just a, it's just a bunch of bros who love each other a lot. Let's just say that it's <laughs> they love each other a lot. Uh, but yeah, moving on. Uh, yeah, host is good, man. Uh, I think the I forget what the details were exactly, but the director of host already signed like a Netflix deal or a deal with some streaming service. Oh, that's um, hilarious! He's leaving Shutter. Uh, dude, no one wants to stick around on Shutter, man. Oh my god, <laughs> that's like a that's like a hit it and quit it kind of situation. Uh, I love Shutter though. Um, I watched a movie on Shutter the other day that was like eighty percent of it was pretty good, uh, and twenty of it twenty percent of it was just like absolute dog shit. Um, it was okay though. It was okay. It was called The Beach House. Um, I won't get into it too much, but you know, if you like decent horror movies, check it out. It's about like this couple that goes to a beach house and it has kind of like uh, it follows vibes because they go to this beach house and there's just like no one around. It's just, like they're in this beach town and no one's there except for them. And they're like, huh, I wonder why. And then uh, things occur. They're like, they find out why. Yeah. Then they find out why. And it's uh, nautical themed. So if you like nautical horror, uh, the beach house is for you. Uh, very cool. Yeah, I do like nautical Shutter. horror. There was this <laughs> there one, you go. There was this one movie that came out uh, a couple years ago with the. It's like I don't think it's. There was two movies about girls surfing and getting bit by a shark, but this mm-hmm. one was about. This one was like more of a horror movie where um, they get. What are those cages? It's not a Faraday cage. Is that what it's, it's not? <laughs> no, it's not a Faraday cage. What the fuck's a Faraday a, cage? <laughs> a Faraday cage is like that. You know, and uh, hit us up on the motion picture, motion pixels discord server, uh, the corrections channel, if we're wrong here. But a Faraday cage is like the cage where you like put electronics in when you don't want to be tracked. Is that okay? That's like, it, that's like a secure servers would be in like a, like a okay. Faraday cage. So I don't like know why they're that protected popped in from... uh, So a diving <laughs> cage, I'll just call it that. Do you know what that's called? Yeah, like a shark cage. Yeah, but it has like some fancy name. Anyway, yeah, so it's a shark cage though. Oh, it's a it's a Faraday cage. Are you being serious? No. Oh, <laughs> it's not a Faraday. I'm looking cage, this bro. up now. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is a shark cage called? Uh, anyways, called so cage. it's a horror movie that takes place in that. It's like two girls go under or get trapped in it. Um, it's really good. So nautical, nautical horror. Yeah, I'll try to find it. Uh, tell you what it, tell you what it's called. But later. Okay. Yeah. Not <laughs> cool. like not right now. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> you like horror. Maybe you can put it on your list for no, October. And I, and I like nautical horror. That's and what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to give for you a recommendation. 
No, I appreciate it because honestly, it's hard to fill 31 days with a uh, a horror movie every one every day. Like 31 is a large number. Who would have thought? Um, like, dude, last year when I did it, I was watching like the worst movies, man. Like, I watched <laughs> like I watched this movie with Jessica Alba. Uh, I don't even remember what it was called, but it was called The Eye. I think where like Jessica Alba gets an eye transplant and the eye is haunted. Uh, and that movie was fucking horrible, bro. That movie fucking sucked. And I still watched it because 31, you got to hit that number, man. I was watching like all the Halloween town movies. Um, <laughs> I should post that list <laughs> for the, the motion pixels uh, community to uh, watch those movies. Cause there were some good ones. Uh, that's how I watched uh, the Texas chainsaw massacre too. Uh, not, I mean, the Texas, cha- the first chain- Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. The, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two is also very good, in my opinion. Very different than the first one, which is a masterpiece. But uh, yeah, I appreciate the recommendation, Matthew. It's uh, called In I the Deep, need, by the way. In the Deep. Uh, yes. Is Adele anyway involved? No. In the project. But the other good shark horror movie is also called The Shallows, and they came out like essentially back to back. Dude, you know it's a fucking great nautical horror adventure the meg bro that what is that movie okay matt the meg has has graduated in my book in status uh so i used to travel a lot for work the meg is a movie with jason statham where he fights like an like an absurdly large shark underwater (laughs) (laughs) and uh the meg has a special place in my heart because for a long time at work uh, I was traveling out. I'm a software engineer consultant and uh, I was traveling out for work every single week. So I flew a lot, meaning I watched a lot of movies on the screen in front of other people's chairs a lot. Uh, so, you know, when you're in a plane, you got the little LED screen in front of you where you can watch movies sometimes. And uh, I would always watch movies on other people's screens to see if I maybe wanted to watch them. Like I saw Hotel Transylvania 3. <laughs> three dozen times <laughs> with no sound. And it's an awesome movie with sound too. It actually, that's a movie that graduated to the watch with sound club. A movie that did not Matthew was venom. That, <laughs> that movie sucks. And uh, I did not want, I don't think sound would have added anything to it. Um, but the Meg I watched on someone else's screen and I was like, wow, I would, I would like to hear Jason Statham fight sharks, <laughs> not just watch. <laughs> and uh yeah man uh, why, did you, would, like, why were you even in this situation why didn't you like download a movie before you got on the plane i did i did but you know how how lucky was i that i had the ability to you know dip my to dip my toes in so many <laughs> <laughs> so many content pools all across the, the plane it was great man hotel transylvania 3 is an incredible movie <laughs> <laughs> Man, dude, I think Joe Jonas plays a Kraken in Hotel Transylvania 3. And I never would have known that if I if I had never listened to it. Because <laughs> Oh man. Uh yeah, it's quite good. Uh wow. Um check out Hotel Transylvania 3. I'll probably watch it. In October, that's a horror movie in my book. If Halloween Town's a horror movie, Hotel Transylvania Three um, definitely is. Uh, also, side note, but a friend of the pod, Kyle Bossman. Um, uh, Kyle, you can come on 
at some point you've asked uh we'll get back to you but uh he played on stream the uh, hotel transylvania 3 uh hotel transylvania 3 is a movie uh starring adam sandler as a vampire who goes on summer vacation on a cruise ship with his friends who are like frankenstein and mummies and stuff and uh the game matt the game adaptation of hotel transylvania 3 actually i want you to tell me what you think (laughs) that game adaptation is um you run a monster hotel it's a pikmin like what You are Adam Sandler wearing swim shorts as a vampire, like throwing like little monsters around. Like That's Pikmin. so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's actually pretty neat. Uh, so, you know, check out Hotel Transylvania 3. I'm telling you, man, Hotel Transylvania 3 is, is it's a gem in the rough, man. That's a, it's good, man. It's good. In any way you look at it, game. Forking movie. their franchise off that, dude. Now it's just all about Transylvania 3. What? They're like like pivoting like the entire oh. <laughs> franchise is you know, for, you know they're forking it. Come on, software. So it's you're saying it's it's no longer the Hotel Transylvania universe. It's, it's the Hotel Transylvania three universe. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair to say. Um, you know, we might pivot into a, a Transylvania cast at some point. We'll see. We don't know. There's no plan for this. We just we just hop on a Discord call every now and then. Uh. But uh, yeah, the Meg, good. Uh, I Better would slurp with audio. It. Yeah, I would. I would slurp that into my ears and eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, nautical horror. Uh, nautical horror. Uh, you know, undersung genre for sure. Um, speaking of not undersung things, but things that are currently in the midst of being sung about um among us among us is a very popular wonderful transition uh it is a very popular new game uh by some developers who i do not know the names of maybe matthew does um but it is a social deception game set in space like secret hitler or uh uh project winter or countless other games in the genre i could count them i just haven't so for me they're countless for others maybe not if you've counted them let us know in the emotion pixels discord channel (laughs) (laughs) uh but matthew you have played this game and i have not so take it away uh yeah social deception game so if you're not familiar with that is uh there's usually a good team that's trying to do some objective and if they finish it they win and there's a bad team that is trying to stop that team from doing it. And the good guys typically won't know who is a good guy. So they have to figure out who they can trust and who they can't. And the bad guys are usually less number of them than the good guys, but they know each other so they can work together. And that game kind of works like this. So it's like five to 10 players. Um, you can set on how you want it to be, but there can be one or two. Uh, the game calls them imposters. And the game is about when it starts up, you have a list of tasks to go do, which are basically just like super basic mini games that are around the spaceship. Uh, And when everybody gets them done, you win. But what can happen in the meantime is an imposter, they have to go around pretending they're doing tasks. And when people are not expecting it, 
they can kill people. So, uh, and if they kill everybody or there are more imposters than over half of the people that are left. So like if there's four people and there's two imposters, imposters win. Um, that's how they win. And uh, it's a, it's pretty fun. It, it's a good game. Like I really do like social deception games. Um, like have you ever played Resistance? Fall of Man 1, no. 2, and 3? The <laughs> uh, Resistance. Because yes the, to that question. The board game. Or I guess no. it's not even really a board game. It's another uh, social deception game. You should try it with us. I'm actually making a Discord bot to so you can play a game of it through Discord. So you should join us for that. It's a lot cool. of fun. Yeah, I'm done. Um, but yeah, I'm a big fan. Are you, are you going to, to plug your Discord bot? Are you going to release that on GitHub or something for people to try? Uh, I mean, I guess I could when I do it. Yeah, it'll be on <laughs> it'll be on GitHub. Uh, I'm not really plugging it too hard. I don't care if people use it, but it will be there. Should you want to also play Resistance with your friends? Um, but yeah, it's uh, Social Deception is a pretty pretty fun genre. Um, however, so what, oh, what stands out about Among Us? Um, if you're new to the genre, uh, that core concept, which I think is why it's so big, like a lot of people haven't really, because these games are fun. Uh, like social deception games are usually something you'll play in like a big group because it's like like I'm sure a lot of people have played something like Mafia I think the other one's called Werewolf the digital version's called Town of Salem um, to a degree a lot of Jackbox games are kind of social deception too yeah and uh, yeah and so like see and a lot of people like those like Jackbox is huge now because it's uh people realize it's like oh it, it's something you can just do with friends you can See if your friends are lying. Yeah, from your phone. Like, they're they're fun. Much like Among Us. Yeah, like Among Us. Um, And that's why I think it's doing really well. Uh, However, I don't think this game does anything well um, compared to (laughs) (laughs) compared to uh, other people in the field. Among Us is just like the one thing it does do well is games are a little faster than Project Winter. Otherwise, I think Project Winter is superior in nearly every way. Um, so the way this game works is you can't talk to other players when the game's going on. So if you want to replicate that, uh, because like, if you can tell somebody you just got killed over voice chat, that kind of ruins the whole game. So you have to have like a code of conduct that you and your friends follow. Uh, if you're using voice chat with this game, which is already messy, like that, that already has a lot of potential to cause issues. Um, but what ends up happening is about three quarters of the game, you're muted and you don't talk to people. And the only time you talk is when there's like this discussion phase, which usually will happen if like a dead body is found. Um, otherwise you don't talk and comparing that to like project winner, which is also a social deception game. And the kind of setup of that is very similar. You do tasks and the good guys don't know who the bad guys are and you're trying to get out. Um, What's cool about that game, it has voice chat factored into the design. So there's proximity chat. So if you go out and try to do a task on your own far away and a bad guy comes up behind you, you can scream for help and hope somebody can hear you. Uh, And that's like part of the game. But if you're too far away and your friends can't hear you, then you're just kind of screwed. So that element lends itself a whole lot better. Um, like, Like being able to have that proximity chat is just such a game changer that makes it a lot more enjoyable in Project Winner. 
Um, but yeah. See, but Matthew, the thing, I haven't heard a word of this, and I know this is why Among Us is so popular right now and why Project Winter is a, you know, a snooze fest, why people aren't paying attention to Project Winter. Maybe a better game, but what it doesn't have over Among Us, which does have this, bean people. Oh, Fall uh, Guys, <laughs> top of the world right now, full of bean people. Mm, so is Among Us. I think Explain it's that. because they're both cheap. Among Us is also $5 and a Project Winner is 30 And uh, Among Us is free and, on mobile. And, um, yeah, and it's free. <laughs> it's free for the probably the largest bit of the audience, you know, if you're playing on your phone. And it, it works well on your phone. It looks, yeah, and that's another thing I don't like about it as a person who played <laughs> on PC is the UI is the same for the most part on the PC. So, like, there'll be buttons to interact or like report a dead body or anything they're like in the same place they would be if you were to like poke it like on a phone screen oh which is yeah it it, yeah it's like you look at it and you're like this is a shitty phone ui and like i didn't realize it was a phone game when i first got it and then i looked it up and i was like oh yeah look it is a shitty phone ui because it's it's on the the phone um yeah i think that i think that's mostly what's helped it it's free and if you're not on the phone it's cheap and it's cute, and the the death animations aren't amazing, but like it's a meme now. I think also that just has to do with it taking off. But yeah, I think it's just an easy access point for this really fun genre because um, you can play it online. A lot of streamers are doing it. Um, it's easy to get into, and it's probably a lot of people's first entry into the social deception style of game. Yeah, and right now, much like Jackbox, anyone can jump into it. You don't have to you know, have a game system. You don't have to have ever played a video game in your life. But like Jackbox is a game that like you can play with any of your friends who, you know, have never touched, uh, you know, a, a video game ever, have no interest in it. And they'll have a great time with Jackbox because it's like, just like a party game. Yeah. And Among Us is, has a very similar system where like you, you plug in your uh, room code into your phone or uh. the uh, the game client in your, on, on Windows, on your PC or whatever. And you join a room, you know, it doesn't matter. You can, if you're on, if you're streaming on Twitch, you can stream and your viewers can populate your room or whatever. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a game that uh, works really well when everyone is away from each other, but like, you know, on a call. You know, works really well. Out. And this game do not belong in the same sentence. This, this yeah, th- <laughs> game that, that, does that not gets, work well, technically. That gets to the meat of, Networking. I have not played it. I have not played, so I'm not, I'm not, uh, I wasn't really, I didn't really understand the appeal of it. Um, I like the visuals, like the death animations are very funny um, and it's cute, but uh, I mean, there's been plenty of social deception games that I'm aware of. Uh, played a bunch of Avalon and Secret Hitler, the board games. Oh, Avalon is same, Resistance, same kind of deal. by the way. Hmm? Avalon, that if that's Resistance. They rebranded it, so. Oh, yeah, okay. That's yeah, that's cool. Okay. Okay, then I played a bunch of that. Um, yeah, that's fun as well. And Among Us just, just didn't stand out to me. But th- in thinking about it, I think it is the fact that it's packaged in a way where it's great for the time right now. Um, and, and on top of just being good for people you know, who are social distancing away from each other, uh, it's also good for like the almighty uh, content creator crossover um, you know, like all over YouTube and Twitch, you know, 
you'll be watching your favorite streamer. You'll be watching Shroud and Shroud will start playing with, uh, you know, big streamer, big streamer X and those two audiences then uh, combine. And this is a, a thing that content creators do across uh, a lot of mediums right now. Um, these collabs and Among Us facilitates that where uh, my exposure to Among Us before uh, filming the podcast is really just just videos I've watched of, you know, like a bunch of streamers that I like all getting together and uh, and playing a bunch of YouTubers that I like all getting together and playing and uh, the game. I think that's also helped it helped buoy its uh, its popularity um, because of the like collaborative uh, narrative that you're building with other people. That's that's really fun to watch too. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of just good reasons why the game's taken off right now, but it's unfortunate because they didn't really like build <laughs> the infrastructure to support it. Like the the matchmaker is utter trash. It's it's actually just broken. Like like you can't. It takes forever to join a game or even like host a game, like we were trying to do earlier. Um, so I hope they can get that figured out because it works when you get into a lobby like if you own a lobby you can just keep people in there and just keep playing but if it ever comes to like getting people into a new lobby it's a train wreck it'll take like 10 minutes yeah and then it and it involves you typing in that code over and over again which is now longer they had to make it longer because before it was so short and random people would have your code and would just get in because it was four (laughs) characters so people just hop in and be like oh this isn't the room i wanted (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah it's uh it's fun i i do i do enjoy it um but it's it it makes me want to play better games in that genre but that's only because i've known of them it is like a half slurp if we're gonna play half it. slurp yeah. okay um i'll reciprocate a half slurp just based on the content that i have already slurped i have already consumed um, they have not been great slurps, but they've been okay slurps, slurps that I don't regret. So I'm I'm okay also with a podcast recommendation of half slurp of the content slurpy that is among us. Wonderful. Slurp factor. Um, Matthew, um, one thing that uh, we talked about at the beginning of this podcast that has already got a just a ton of feedback from our audience, um, I'm actually... One moment. Uh, our producers are kind of talking in my ear right now about this. Uh, I think it's time to bring back the most notable Nelson, uh, our, our long missed, long uh, awaited uh, the return of uh, this 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 segment that birthed our the birthing pod. If we are the xenomorphs, these perfect beings. Uh, the uh the most notable nelson bit was the uh xenomorph egg that flapped open um and we oozed out of it i would say do you have a nelson i'm i'm, I'm not prepared yeah i'm all nelsoned up bro so um hit me those... with your nelson hit me with your most no- second most notable nelson whoa 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 spoilers i don't know if you i don't know if you just edited in that response because you went forward and heard about who the actual winner of the most notable notable nelson was this week but i mean i certainly didn't divulge it we've already talked about the most notable nelson and keen listeners would know who that is so for those not keeping score at home quite yet 
the most notable Nelson is a uh, one of the internet's funniest bits that we have on this podcast where we uh there's a kind of a gauntlet a thunderdome a 1v1 every week uh or you know there was a gauntlet a thunderdome 1v1 every week of uh, two very notable nelsons uh nelsons who uh change things nelsons who meant a lot of things to a lot of people and uh the best nelson wins and survives you know to see another thunderdome the next week and uh the reigning champ uh out of my control out of you know anyone's control uh really uh the reigning champ has been uh larry herb xbox lives major nelson the the face the face of xbox the body who xbox runs through its veins uh green blood like a xenomorph actually um uh xbox lives major nelson larry herb has been the most notable nelson back to back but to back to back uh over and over again um maybe he'll win again this week but uh yeah the gauntlet this week in um a most notable nelson nay the most notable nelson this week is the movie half nelson starring ryan gosling as history teacher ryan dunn sorry dan dunn dunn with two n's at the end and an e uh who works at a brooklyn school uh though well liked by his students and colleagues he secretly spends his evenings hopping bars and getting high a female student named dre played by sharika description catches him in a (laughs) drug-induced haze after a basketball game and the two stir dot 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 and then i would have to click the more button on the uh the google uh description of this movie but you kind of get the idea half nelson is the challenger to the reigning champ the incumbent notable nelson larry herb's xbox live major nelson himself and uh just as uh the administrator of the most notable nelson this week i am pleased to announce that once again larry herb xbox lights major nelson has has won the most notable nelson uh dan dunn played so memorably by ryan gosling in the 2006 drama and social problem movie that's what google says the genre is drama and social problem uh didn't quite make the cut so uh congratulations larry herb xbox lights major nelson done it again uh and theme song wait you even close it wait 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 matt i've done it again that's a for those viewers not quite keeping score at home the the pun there is that dan dunn who was so memorably played by ryan gosling in the 2006 drama and social problem movie half nelson uh shares a last name with what i was i was doing i was i had done it again and his last name was done so uh, what I had forgot to done was uh, close out the podcast because this has been the Motion Pixels podcast. I'm your co-host, August Meyer. August, say goodbye. Goodbye. Joined by my lovely co-host, Matthew Rawlings. Matthew, say goodbye. Goodbye. Because this has been the Motion Pixels podcast. And theme song.
I'm finished. I was about to um, hijack that theme song from you. <laughs> it, it is funny to see who gets the theme song. Um, and most of the time, it's just you saying theme song because you don't like my bit. But, <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the exit button. It's like, yeah, get me it out of here. The theme song. See, it's the eject button or the cherry on top. <laughs>